Welcome to the Iron Self Podcast, where we jump into health, fitness, mindset, and becoming the best version of yourself. Today with your hosts, Mike and Kayla Minion. So welcome back to This Week in Coaching. This is where we go through trials, tribulations, sticking points that our clients had last week, and we discuss them with you guys so that we can share our coaching tips moving forward and hopefully give everybody more information. That's really what this is about. Value, baby. At the end of the day, we want everyone to be successful in any of the goals, any of the tasks that you set in your life. So uh, we do this so that it's not just our coaching clients that get to hear all of this awesome information we get to share with everybody. So this week we are hitting, I think, three or four? I think we'll go with three. Well, yeah, let's just ah, jump okay. in. Okay, let's just <laughs> jump in. So prioritizing thing, tasks and things that we want to prioritize, um, such as our workouts. So one of the big things last week we were discussing with lots of people was prioritizing our food choices, prioritizing our workouts. Um, and what does that look like and why do we maybe sometimes let those things go fall off um so a lot of times when people are struggling to make time for things that they say they want to do in their life maybe they don't have it set as high as a priority in their mind as they actually think they do Mm -hmm. so a lot of times when people say they want change um they want convenient change um which (laughs) which, is the magic pill (laughs) which is one of these things that unfortunately isn't really that attainable is to have the most um, convenient way of changing possible. So, I mean, there's always strategies and tactics that we can put into play to make it a little bit easier, uh, especially when we're first starting to create these changes in our lives. But the reality is when we are creating massive change, it doesn't come with inconvenience from our usual or normal way of life. Mm. So finding the ability to prioritize these changes really does take a strong why, a strong reason, and a strong driving factor for why we want that change to begin with. Wow. Okay. So there was a lot to, I was going to say, there was a lot to unravel in what you just said. So change doesn't come without inconvenience. It's a cliche that we say all the time. I think it's even written at the bottom of my email letterhead. It says change does not come without inconvenience because if it was easy, then we would have already changed. We would have already made those those different choices and decisions. So taking a good hard look at what it is that you are trying to change, why you're trying to change it, and making that why strong enough. Um, I know for me, for prioritizing workouts, I need to figure out a routine. So for some people, prioritizing them might look at scheduling it in. Scheduling it in, I tried. And I'll be honest, if I schedule it halfway through the day and there's something else that is more important to me in that moment, I will probably prioritize the thing that's more important. So for me, it came back to creating it as a lifestyle routine. So for me, I get out of bed, I go do my workout, it's part of my routine. Um, Maybe for other people, maybe it's at the end of the day, they get off work, they go to the gym or they do their workout at home. That's part of their routine. It's built into that routine versus it being like, hey, I'm gonna schedule this at 10 a.m. tomorrow and 3 p.m the next day and wherever I can kind of squeeze it in if that works for you by all means have at her I'm just a person that I like habit routine um and that kind of I know what I'm looking forward to I know what's coming next so I'm going to throw this out there for anybody that is just starting on this this fitness lifestyle this fitness journey um it's really important to do exactly what Kayla's saying which is schedule it at the same time roughly the same time every day because our brains love repetition so like she was saying if you are setting a workout for 3 p.m the next day you're doing it at 6 a.m the next day you're doing it at 5 p.m 
your brain doesn't like that. It's like, oh, there's no routine here. There's no, there's continuity. nothing scheduled. Exactly. There, there's no continuity day to day. Whereas if it's every single day at 6am, you get up, you go and you do your workout, you're going to start to see more success with that a lot faster. Because again, you're prioritizing, you're saying I am taking this time for myself and, and you are putting that forward every day. And when we prioritize things, we prioritize things that are important to us um, or based on their level of need to be done. So for example, if your laundry needs to be done and your kids' laundry needs to be done, <laughs> you're probably going to pick yours over theirs because it's more of a priority for you. Unless all of a sudden your kid's drawer is completely out of underwear and you're like, wow, okay, I'm gonna prioritize theirs first. And so what I'm trying to get at as a point here is that when we schedule things in at various times, like Mike is saying, or we say, oh, I, I ran out of time, I didn't prioritize this, it's usually because it's not that big of a, of a priority for you or the change isn't of that level of importance for you yet. So, and I say yet because there might come a point in your life where that change is really, really important to you. So maybe that change is really, really important for you when all of a sudden you have a, a health concern right? All of a sudden you have an injury. Now these changes become really important to me because I'm suffering in chronic pain or because I've got chronic digestive upset or because I've all of a sudden got metabolic disease or I'm pre-diabetic or something along those lines. Now that change is a priority. But prior to that point, it wasn't a priority. So you've got to decide for yourself as to at what point you're you're going to say enough is enough. When this are you becomes in enough a pain? Exactly. This becomes a priority. So another thing that you can do is challenge, and a challenge that I have for anybody that's listening to this today is to actually step into that discomfort a little bit and try and prioritize yourself a little bit more. So I know it sounds selfish or... But, but really taking that time for yourself, whether it's a fitness journey, whether it's just some mindfulness, whether it's you just want to get a little more in touch with, with yourself in general... Um, don't touch yourself. Um, no, but, but really um, taking that time for yourself and, and switching a little bit more focus into, into yourself and that, uh, that personal development um, can really change your life. It can actually increase your, your happiness and it can increase your ability to interact with other people, your ability to build relationships. All of these things can come way up when you start to focus a little bit more on yourself. Um, so get a little selfish this week. So this kind of rolls straight into the next one that our clients were talking about was falling off track and having low energy levels and how those kind of interrelate. So I have low energy, so I fall off track or I fall off track and now I have low energy. They go back and forth. You can kind of see that on both ends of the spectrum. So why might that be? So if I've got low energy levels, the first thing I'm going to ask you is how are you sleeping? <laughs> the, second thing I'm going to, I, the second thing I'm going to ask you is what are you nourishing your body with? And the third thing I'm going to ask you is where are your stress levels? Because if our sleep and our stress are disrupt and our food or we're nourishing our bodies with quick grab and go or it's just an afterthought, then you might notice that, hey, I'm actually not going, I'm, I've, I've got these low energy levels. I'm not seeing the results I want. I don't have anything to bring to whether it be a workout or whether it be um, making myself a priority really. Yeah, life in general. Yeah. So <clears throat> stress plays a huge, huge role in our energy levels because when we are in that constant fight or flight state, what you're going to notice is that your your cortisol, your adrenaline, your, your norepinephrine, like all of this is kind of going along and 
you start to become almost in overdrive all the time. And we start to suffer from what we call adrenal fatigue or chronic stress. And we just feel drained. I have nothing left, right? You're trudging. The other part of that is your sleep. If you're sleeping too much, you might feel overtired. If you're sleeping too little, you might feel overtired, <laughs> you know? And you, one of the big misconceptions is that, hey, I'll just sleep extra tomorrow to make up for yesterday. You cannot make up for lost sleep. I wish you could bank sleep. That'd be a beautiful thing. <laughs> I know I'm not going to sleep next week. I just got to bank it. <laughs> yeah. So you cannot bank sleep. Uh, so making sure that you are getting enough sleep. And I often talk to people about like checking in with your own circadian rhythm. Mm. Are you rising with the sun and resting with the sun? Now, if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, obviously resting with the sun. Um, when it's Not going to bed till midnight. Yeah, it's like 11 p.m. But And then the sun's rising at 5 a.m. Like we're really getting six hours of sleep at that point. But within reason right? Checking in with your body within reason. Am I rising at roughly a, a good time for me? Am I getting enough sleep for me? Like they say, what, eight hours is your optimal. You can sleep up to 10, 10 hours to be optimal. Every person's rhythm is different and it's going to depend at what point in your sleep cycle that you actually wake up that you feel rested or not rested. Um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever set that alarm and you wake up right before your alarm and you're like, oh, I got 10 more minutes to sleep and you fall back asleep and then you wake up groggier because you fell back asleep for 10 minutes. So you should have just gotten up. That, that 10 minutes felt like an hour. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's where the, that's where the, your, your sleep rhythm comes in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the two big ones that I love that you brought up there is what we nourish our bodies with, because really at the end of the day, we are the food that we eat. So if you are feeding yourself Big Macs and and whoppers or whatever they are um, every single day for all of your meals. And, and I get it. There's lots of people that work in jobs where you are like fast paced. You got to eat quick and get going. Um, but nourishing your body with foods that are, I'm going to use the term nutrient deficient. Um, it isn't going to serve you for your energy long term anyways. So you might get that immediate spike because there is the sugar in the food. There is like refined carbohydrates so you're, you're going to get that spike of energy and then you're going to tank shortly after that because again there isn't a lot of nutrient density to that food so then you're you're using and losing those nutrition that nutritional energy very quickly with those highly processed foods so nutrition is one of those things where it's like yep this is definitely going to be a huge driving factor for those energy levels along with your your water intake too lots of people when they don't drink enough water they're like oh i'm tired all the time i need more coffee in my life when they're really just dehydrated as soon as our body starts to dip into that dehydrated state we do lose energy because our body needs it on a molecular level um and then outside of that as well um another huge driving factor for me and what i like to talk to a lot of people about is moving your body and that doesn't mean you need to be in the gym doing your workouts but a lot of people think if they're going to move their bodies more, they're actually going to have less energy, which is couldn't be further from the truth. When we use our bodies, our bodies were meant to move. We are these amazing beings with all these multi faceted joints so we can just wiggle <laughs> and move dodge, around here right dodge gonna, all the arms. but but the reality is if you are moving your body in a mindful manner whether that's through walks jogs bike rides uh going to the gym dance classes going swimming whatever that looks like to you you will actually gain more energy our bodies love it so then we start to crank out more of this beautiful atp into our body which is our energy source because our body needs to create it so we can move beautiful thing so I wanted to jump in and add on to your nourishing the body because I wanted to add in the fun fact that I was learning um, from the Huberman Lab 
podcast, which is phenomenal. If you have not listened to it, it is phenomenal. Anyways, if you're nerdy like me, it's great. Uh, <laughs> Nerds unite! <laughs> yeah. But what they were talking about was how on a molecular level, on a cellular level, um, how our digestive tract, our microbiome, um, completely runs our entire being. And I've had this ongoing joke with Mike for the last couple of days that I'm hacking the inner, the things inside of me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going She's rogue. She's outsmarting it. Yeah. <laughs> I keep saying I'm going rogue over them. Because when your um, cells in your gut microbiome, when they are hungry and you're not nourishing them with an fiber with enough nutrients for them then they start to eat your lining in your gut in your gut digestive tract so we get leaky gut we get um inflammation in the gut we get crohn's disease like we have all of these inflammatory diseases that start to take place in the gut and it's really because we're not getting enough fiber and enough nourishment for these gut vitamins think think your micronutrients right so the other thing is is when we consume sugar they love that and so what happens is when the sugar makes it to the microbiome you get this wonderful dopamine rush because they're they give you that that rush of feel-good energy and then they're like we want more of this we want more but what it does is it actually creates an overgrowth of the cells and the bacteria that we don't necessarily want to nourish our bodies which makes us feel sleepier which makes us grab for more quick carbs or um, i'm going to call them refined carbohydrates sugar um, the sugary stuff that's going to make us feel good again we get that an, another endorphin rush and then we crash again and so we see this with lots of coffee we see this with lots of sugar where, where everybody's getting that that good carbohydrate that uh, or the sugar in their coffee or whatever first thing in the morning and everybody's crashing by 11 and then they get that another another dopamine rush another insert of sugar and then we crash again at two and then we do it again and then we make it to dinner time we do it again and we go to bed so it's like it's this constant cycle of energy spike, energy crash, energy spike, energy crash. Whereas if we could just regulate our blood sugar levels, we nourish our guts with healthy whole foods, which is slow down that digestion of the carbohydrates. What we would actually actually see is um, more sustainable energy throughout the throughout the day. Yeah, because we don't want those big spikes, right? We don't want these huge insulin spikes and then we drop back down and then huge spike and then we drop back down. We want to keep it as level as we can, which is introducing more of the complex carbohydrates into our diet. So it's that longer sustaining, thinking rice, potatoes, uh, pastas, things like that, that are going to sustain that energy level longer with a more it just takes a bit longer to break down inside of our guts, so it just gives us that nice level ride. And structuring it around our workouts so that they are going to our muscle cells for use for energy um, rather than storage. The other piece of this is looking at when we start and stop eating in our day. So we should be stopping eating two to three hours before we go to bed. Um, that way your body has already almost completed the, di- the digestion process. Yeah, almost least. completed the digestion process before we go to bed so that we actually get that time where we are resting to for that cell regeneration for our body to weed out all of the dead cells the things that we no longer want and then we also want to um, only start eating about an hour after we rise so you don't want to like immediately get up and you run and you grab your coffee and you grab your bagel and you're out the door and you're already on the road consuming this within 30 minutes of eating you want to give yourself an hour after you've risen to uh, allow your body to one wake up allow the cortisol levels to so i was going to say cortisol <laughs> dissipate a little bit in the yeah. System, right? Exactly. Because your cortisol levels are what help you rise in the morning. Your cortisol we levels are highest in the morning. They accumulate overnight. So then when you wake up in the morning, it's almost like a stress state, but that's just naturally how we, how we wake. That's 
That's our wake cycle. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to allow those cortisol levels to kind of dip a little bit and also allow our body the time that it needs to get ready for digestion, right? For everything else. I always say that I work out first thing in the morning so that my body doesn't know what it's doing, um, which is kind <laughs> of- tricked a, it. <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing because it really, that first hour, your body's just like trying to get in the rhythm of Survival things. Survival mode. Exactly. If you're ready to make a change in your life, step into the best version of you, check out our Iron Self Transformation Program. Find more info on our website, www.ironbodycoach.com. All right. And the last one we wanted to touch on today was figuring out portion sizes. So we know that portion sizes aren't the easiest thing to do. We get lots of people tracking macros. And the reason for macros is because that teaches people what their food is made up of. Not everybody is aware of what a carbohydrate, a fat, and protein is. Not everybody is aware that certain foods are, well, all foods are comprised of all of those things, but what the majority of it is. Yeah, what so the breakdown is. So it just makes is. everybody more aware of it. Um, I have lots of clients that we've only ever done portion sizes. We never tracked macros. Um, and we've seen huge success, but it comes back that no tracking method is 100% accurate. Any label that you read, any macro that you track, any portion size that you can track, everything can be off by about 30%. So let's put that into perspective. If you have 100 calories of peas, your 100 calories of peas could be 130 calories and it could be 70 calories. We don't know because we're not obviously in a lab. So we just track it as the best way we can. It's the same thing when it comes back to portion sizes. It doesn't necessarily need to be 100% accurate. It's just the best that we can do. Yeah, best guess, right? So a lot of people OCD over this, myself included, when I'm tracking because it's like, I need to make sure I'm hitting my calories. And that's the big thing. Hit your calories, hit your calories. Um, But like Kayla's saying, you can be 30% out on either side of that spectrum. So general population, not the biggest deal, right? If you are in that little bit of that calorie deficit, you're trying to lose a bit of weight, as long as you're being pretty mindful about it and really watching what you are eating and trying, you're, you're going to be close, right? It's it's where we start to dial it in for competitive athletes, um, for people that are going on stages, things like that, that it starts to become really that more, more fine-tuning. Yeah, we're, we're really starting <laughs> to play with it because then you are paying attention to more the weights than it is the portion sizes, but trying to figure it out um, by weight at that point. So uh, portion sizes, for anybody that doesn't know, you use your hand for pretty much everything, right? So cupped hand is your carbohydrates your starchy carbs so your cupped hand like look at the difference can we show this on the camera if you guys are watching this live look at the difference in our cupped hands okay I get a lot. mine is about a third of a cup to a half cup depending on how nice i want to be about a cup. and mike's is way closer to a cup um <laughs> for a cupped hand um a fist is your veggies so uh about a cup of vegetables um or one full-size fruit thumbs are your fats and then if you were to take your hand and cut off all the fingers Cut off the thumb, cut off the wrist, and then same thickness and size as the palm of your hand, that's your protein. Now for females, they only get one of all of those at each meal, so to speak. For men, we get two. And it really depends. So whether you get three to five servings of each of those per day will depend on your goals. Um, So whether you're looking for weight loss, maintaining um, body recomposition or general health, um, uh, or even weight gain for that matter, will depend on how many servings of each that you're going to have. Now, it doesn't have to be 100% accurate. And we can play around with those ratios a little bit. Mm -hmm. So really paying attention to it in regards to your goals, I think it needs to come back to body awareness. So am I hungry? 
am I satiated and am I full? If my goal Am is, I just thirsty? Am my is my if my goal is weight loss, I only want to eat until I'm 80% full. Well, what does 80% full mean? It means that I'm not full. You're not bursting. I'm satisfied, <laughs> I'm full. And then if I want to gain weight, I want to eat till I'm like really full. Like I noticed notice, noticeably full. And that is something that is really important to teach yourself is like, okay, I'm satisfied. I'm full. I'm really full. This is what each one of these scenarios feels like. So now I know with body awareness, um, one of the things that I've noticed for my body right now, especially going through prep is that my leptin is not single signaling in my brain to say, Hey, she's full because I'm in such a depleted state. So what's happening is I have to bring my awareness back to that felt sense in my body and feel that ischemic load or that load in my stomach going, my stomach feels full. My brain is telling me I'm still hungry, but my stomach actually feels full. And so my brain's like alarm system is going, we're hungry, we're hungry, we're hungry, keep eating. And like, I can eat and eat and eat. My stomach will get to a point where it can't physically fit anything else in there. And I'm so distended and bloated, but my brain is still telling me to eat. So just being very, very aware of that is like, depending on where you're at in your state of hungriness or satiety or your hormone levels, all of those kinds of things, body awareness is going to be one of the biggest cues that you can do to help you be successful in your endeavor. Am I full? Am I satiated? What does this look like? What does the load in my stomach feel like? Because that's going to help you um, keep going forward. Yeah. And, and again, I just wanted to say it one more time so everybody hears it. Hunger and thirst are very similar as far as the cues you feel in your body. So have you had enough water? Anytime that, especially if you are on a weight loss journey, um, if you tell yourself or if you're thinking, Jesus, I'm hungry, ask yourself first if you've drank much water that day. And if the answer is no, have some water first. The other thing that I wanted to touch on with portion sizes is nutrient density because I think the biggest thing that people get hung up on is like, I get a portion of carbohydrate. Okay, so I could have potato chips, I could have a baked potato, um, and I could have... Not all calories uh, are created equal. Right, or uh, like, but like I could have... Or all I could these, have a fun dip. Yeah, I could have all of these different things and all of them are carbohydrates, so don't get me wrong, but... Asking yourself what is going to give you the biggest nourishment and what is going to make you feel full. Without so, spiking your insulin levels. Well, right. But that's not <laughs> what I'm trying to say. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that the, the baked potato is going to have fiber. It's going to have the nutrients that your body is looking for. If I go for those potato chips instead, I'm not going to feel satiated because my body isn't getting the nutrients, right? So it's really easy to overconsume potato chips. But it's really hard to overconsume a baked potato. Like... It's very rare that you get to the end of your baked potato and you're like, I would like five more of these. Like, <laughs> right? But think of it like this. How many potatoes do you think you're eating in a bag of potato chips? All of them. Right. So you got to look at the source that you're consuming whether, and the process of the processing of it to see the nutrient density because the more you eat whole foods the more you're going to be very aware of hey i'm full i'm satiated my body doesn't actually have any more of these cravings i'm not like needing anything else right i don't feel myself that that urge to eat all of the baked potatoes that came out of the oven that's all i'm trying to say it's just i don't know why i'm stuck on potatoes you can see it carbs i want carbs she wants carbs yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's true too, right? Like cal all not all calories are made equal. So like half a bag of potato chips is going to be the equivalent of a baked potato. And which one again is going to keep you full longer? Hmm. One, yeah, the fiber, the nutrients, like there's just so many other components that go into this. So yes, portion sizes are important. 
but at the end of the day, whole foods are more important than portion sizes. So if you're going to consume, like I always say to clients, like what, what are your options? Okay, I'm gonna have a, a chicken salad or I'm gonna have a chicken Caesar salad wrap. Well, what, what is your goal right now? How much dressing are you putting on each? What is the lesser of two evils? right? So which one is going to get you closer towards your goals? Yes, a chicken Caesar salad wrap might fit your macros or might fit your your portion sizes that you have available, but is it going to be as conducive, as conducive to your goals as the chicken Caesar salad on its own? Hey, look, no, maybe now I can have um, something else later instead of the wrap. Because again, there's nothing wrong with a wrap, but it's still processed. You're not making it. It's not a whole food source. So maybe I have a chicken Caesar salad with some yams on the side, right? That That's going to be a better option, a more nourishing option for my body than the chicken Caesar salad wrap. So we need to maybe redefine what it is that we want to consume, what our lifestyle should look like or we want it to look like. And the body that we want to get out of that, I think, is really, really important when it comes to um, picking our food sources because there's not one that's right or wrong. It's just what's going to be better for our body. At the end of the day, the cleaner the food, the more whole food that we are looking at. In general, whether you're looking for performance, health, weight loss, weight gain, whatever you're looking for, your whole foods are where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, any diet on the face of the planet, that's what they preach. You want to go keto, they preach whole foods. You want to go Mediterranean, they preach whole foods. Pescatarian, like, literally all of them. Like, all of them are preaching whole foods. And at the end of the day, we live in this society where we're, like, grabbing for all the processed food because it's quick, easy, highly palatable. Like, this is an industry. This is a food industry. But, I mean, I'm going to, I could go on a tangent <laughs> on this anyways. It's all good. If you guys are interested in learning about whole foods and the difference between whole foods and processed food, um, Dr. Robert Lustig has an amazing um, talk on YouTube. If you look up his Stanford University talk, Robert Dr. Uh, Dr. Robert Lustig. Um, L-U-S-T-I-G. Yes. He talks all about processed foods. He has some amazing information. Definitely check that out. It is, um, I mean, if you're nerdy like us, that's what you do on a Saturday night. You watch uh, TED Talks. Documentaries on sugar. <laughs> all right. So that is this week in coaching, everybody. Sorry went a little bit long. Hopefully you guys got some information out of this in regards to prioritizing. Um tracking our food, low energy levels, and figuring out um, portion sizes. If you guys have any questions that you would like answered next week in This Week in Coaching, whether you coach with us or not, feel free to write it in the comments below, and we will get to your questions next week. Bye for now. Have an amazing day, guys.